أنا اسمي يوسف سعد أنا من مصر عايش في دبي أنتوا بتسمعوا أصوات أخنبي على CIUT 89.5 FM Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougall. 
I'm very happy today because today marks the 50th episode of this show, Tracks from Abroad, that I started around this time last year. And Tracks from Abroad, for those who don't know, is a show where we invite students from the University of Toronto who come from all over the world, and we ask them to tell us about their countries and to share some of their favorite music that they choose from the places they come from. Now, in that time, in all of those episodes, we have visited countries including India, Ukraine, Lebanon, Latvia, Jamaica, Ghana, Egypt, Nigeria, the list goes on, and some of those countries we have visited more than once. Now, during those 50 episodes, we have gotten a lot of great interview responses, some really wholesome moments uh, talking about countries all over the world. So on next week's show, I'm going to plan a retrospective where I look back at some of the highlights of Tracks from Abroad so far. If you're looking forward to my show that's coming up on Indigenous Canada that features Jenny Blackbird, she's a host on CIUT, the host of Indigenous Waves. I am planning for that show to be released at the start of CIUT's funding drive. It's going to be a great listen and stay tuned for that. Now, throughout this whole year that I've been making the show, I've had some fantastic support, in particular from my Uncle David, who has listened to every single episode that I've made. That's 50 hours of this show. Really thankful to David for always uh, sending me comments and nice thoughts about the show. I appreciate that, and I appreciate the folks who have emailed me from Toronto at tracksfromabroad at ciut.fm. James, for example, is one that sticks into my mind, just saying that they appreciate the show and they appreciate the effort I'm putting into it. I love those emails very much. And speaking of emails, we have a giveaway coming up for some free music from a local artist, the Sultans of String Band. They are playing on November 4th right here in Toronto as part of the Canadian Arabic Festival, and they also recently released a new album. That one is called Sanctuary. To win a copy of this album, Sanctuary, on CD, all you've got to do is email tracksfromabroad at ciut.fm, and winners will be announced within the next two weeks. This has got to be some of the best world music coming out of Toronto right now. Four of their members are Juno nominated. So if you want some great music for yourself or you're thinking ahead to the holidays, you'd like to give a CD to someone who would appreciate it, just send me an email at tracksfromabroad at ciut.fm and a random drawing is going to select the lucky winner. Now on November 4th, the Sultans of String Band are playing in the Canadian Arabic festival and for that reason today we're going to focus on the country of the united arab emirates we're going to speak to university of toronto student yusuf he spent a large part of his life in dubai and he has got some amazing and really quite funny stories to tell us today on tracks from abroad so thank you very much for tuning into today's show this is episode number 50 on the united arab emirates Today we're going to talk about the United Arab Emirates. Hello, Yusuf. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Yusuf, we haven't seen each other in a little while. It has. We actually met at the club fair, and uh, I don't know if many of the listeners know, but Jesse was part of the outdoors club. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So I was actually interested in that, and I noticed that he was getting messages by, 
by someone for, about Egypt. And I'm like, hmm, I'm Egyptian, let me ask. And I started asking if he would want me to do, did I ask or did, did you ask? I think I, I probably did. I As you were explaining your background, you mentioned Egypt, you mentioned Copenhagen, right? No, Amsterdam. Amsterdam, died, okay, I'm sorry. There, yeah. you, just, it, you just gave off an aura of someone who's very worldly and yeah, has yeah, traveled yeah. a lot. So I was like, hell, come on out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some people actually tell me that I talk too much, so like a podcast is like perfect. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. Because like, I'm it's just funny. Like, Our last guest was like, "I'm sorry, I, I rambled," and I was like, "No, that's what you. That's, that's what. Point. That's <laughs> yeah. what we're doing here." <laughs> yeah. So, Yusuf, tell us, um, how did you come from the UAE to Canada? So, um, I mean, I guess this deserves a little bit of like a full life story. So, I was born in Egypt, in Cairo, and I went to the UAE initially when I was one year, like one years old, and well, like by 2012, I think I came to Canada, lived in Mississauga for about like four, five years. Hmm. And then I guess like we got the citizenship and then my parents were sort of like, yeah, we're tired of the taxes and like the country, let's go back to Dubai. So I went back and I completed high school over there. So now I'm back here. And when you say the taxes, there's fewer taxes in in the... Oh yeah, of course. And the quality of living is is a lot better. So like, like, first of all, people make more money in general. So like for the same role, my parents were making more money over there than they were over here. And um, they also, like here taxation is crazy. Whereas over there, they don't have any income tax. They don't have any like, like I think they just implemented a corporation tax, which they, they never had and it's really low, maybe like two, 3%, something really low, like 5%. When I see like it's, I don't know, like 100 dirhams for a steak, it's gonna be like 100 dirhams. That's pretty much fixed. Yeah. So speaking about the quality of life, um, you guys all draw. You drive Lamborghinis. Is that correct or is that a stereotype? Uh, yeah, yeah. Of course, no. Of course not. I mean, like Big stereotype. Uh, yeah, because a lot, a lot of people have this sort of idea that Dubai is just all like, like, money and vanity. Which to point it is, but at the same time, it's filled with a lot of like regular people who yeah. are doing regular things. Like, like I went to high school there, and I have like um, a lot of friends, and we do normal high school things, like go to parties and go hang out and go for a drive in regular cars. Like mm-hmm. the car that I had was like a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Sure. And we also had like a Mustang, you know. Um, These days, I'm riding around on my bicycle. Yeah. All the uh, all I the- miss <laughs> I miss having a car. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> like I don't know. Whenever I say this, I feel like I, I sound like so spoiled, and I make the stereotype true, but. I miss having my car. Like, I'm sure, like, like I went from, like, driving to wherever I want and knowing my area, like, the back of my hand to mm-hmm. a completely new place where I have to, like, walk or take TTC everywhere. Yeah. And I don't know where anything is. Like, when I first, like, now I got a better sense, but I guess it was a, such a huge change from, like, Dubai to here. Because in Dubai, I spent, like, six, seven years there when I came back from Canada and I knew everything. And what is, what sort of jobs would people have in the UAE? Are they mostly service-based? I'm guessing there's not a lot of factories or are there? I mean, it's actually surprising because I think UAE is very, like, like self-sufficient. You'd think that for such a small country, they wouldn't be able to produce a lot themselves. But whenever I'm, I'm in the supermarket, it's always, like, UAE-made things. Like, really? And then, yeah, yeah. And, like, like UAE, like, farm chicken and UAE-grown, like, vegetables. And I'm, like, you don't want to be relying on other countries for your sort of, like, food and, like, like essentials for your people. So mm-hmm. one of the biggest things the UAE does in terms of, like, people's jobs is business because they're in the middle of the world and because they have such little like corporation tax and stuff it's very sort of attractive to businesses to sort of have their headquarters there definitely like a lot of the middle east north africa and even like asia headquarters for some companies are based in dubai it's like uh, people think it's very conservative but it's like almost like a western little 
area in the middle of the Middle East. Mm. All right, we're going to get into that. We have a lot yeah. to talk about. Talking about today, uh, Dubai and the UAE United Arab Emirates. We're here with Yusuf in the Maproom Studio at CIUT eighty nine point five FM. You're listening to Tracks from Abroad. We're going to play some music from the UAE. We'll be back right here in a moment. back to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougall. Today we're with Yusuf in the studio talking about the United Arab Emirates. Yusuf, when you walked in, you said one thing you wanted to do is dismantle some <laughs> of the assumptions that we might have about the UAE. What do you think those are? And then I'd like you to ask me what my assumptions might be. I mean, okay, let's hear what's like, a, like What's a common assumption? Common assumption? I think the most common one I get is like People think that like Dubai is only for like the super filthy rich and like you can only go there like to visit like once in your life. If anything, cost of living in Dubai is actually less than it is here. There's so much like government regulation and there's so much like taxation and whatever that everything ends up being priced more. And also be- the economy over there is a lot more stable than it is here. So here inflation also makes cost of living very high. Whereas over there, their economy is relatively stable and this is going to sound really bad, but freedom of capitalism or like the market should decide what things are priced at. And it mm-hmm. makes things cheap, which is good. When you're saying your family is middle class, what is the proportion of lower class people in the UAE to the upper class? Is it 
What what side is it swayed to? I mean, trying to stay as objective as possible. Like, of course, there are the filthy rich in Dubai. Like, th- it exists. For example, let me take my own school as an example. My school was like, like you wouldn't see them. They were all still very con- conscious about m- money. Like, the kids weren't all, like, spoiled. So they'd be thinking about that. So, But there's also, I know, a huge population of laborers from, like, um, like uh, South Asia. Yeah. And if I do the math, I think do it's you like... Kn- do you know any of them? Like, did you ever meet some of those folks? Of course, of course. Like, like wherever you, you'd go, you'd see them because, like... Like Dubai is very open, so like when when you'd go to the beaches, they'd be there, and like you wouldn't really talk to them, but like sometimes you'd interact with them. Like I guess like per, like I think population of UAE is maybe like ten million at the moment, and it's like four million or more. I think you can look it up if you want. It's like just like I think like India, Pakistan, Philippines, stuff like that. I think it's more than that, and yeah. like they're all like in the service sector or like working in construction or stuff. So like wherever you go, so like you go to McDonald's, you go to an Uber driver, you go to the supermarket. There, mm-hmm. it's always. Them. Like, that actually leads me on to another assumption that the workers are getting extremely exploited and they're not right. getting paid and they're in terrible working conditions. But you got to remember that these people are coming from like, like almost poverty in their home countries and they're coming to the UAE and they're probably getting paid a lot more and they're sending that money back home. Obviously, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, that's everyone. And of course, they're all like just living the dream in, in Dubai. I know there are some situations in the Middle East I don't know, I'm kind of paranoid of saying this because in Dubai, like there's a sort of, there's not se- like like uh, censorship, but there's sort of like, you should be careful about what you say because it's not like a free speech thing. Mm-hmm. But I guess I'm in Canada, so I can say what I want. So <laughs> there have been some stories of like, like, oh, like sometimes this employer will take the passports of the workers. I've certainly heard that, yeah. Yeah, and then they won't let them leave on like so they work. But for the most part, like whenever I'll come into contact with one and like, like or like with some of them, and I'll talk to them. Like I, I, I like to hear people's stories, you know. So I always talk to people. A lot of them just tell me about how they have families in India or in Bangladesh or in Pakistan or in the Philippines, and they're working here and they love it in Dubai because, like, um, they make a lot more money and they send it back home. And then they have a lot of the places in Dubai that are beautiful that you see online are public. Like, if you've seen any pictures of the Burj Khalifa and the fountain underneath it, that's public. So you can just go and look at it for free. Also, a lot of Dubai's beaches, which are basically year-round, you can go to. So on top of all their work, they also have all these public, amazing places that you can go visit. And since you just acknowledge that the country does have a lot of censorship, do you think those people are being honest with you when they say, oh, I, I prefer living in Dubai versus what have you? Do you think they'd be open to share what they really think? Um, I've been to some, because I went to like volunteer once at one of these, uh, they call them like labor camps or, like where they all just like live and it's like really cheap housing. But like sometimes they can have like maybe like eight to ten guys in like a room maybe the size of this, mm-hmm. this uh, this it's a lot the, of things. the size of this small studio, and they're like all like stacked on like bu- like bu- bunk beds and whatnot. So sometimes conditions can be bad. But like I said, I've heard like places in in Qatar like they literally won't give you your passport. You can't go home, and they don't have freedom. They literally they're being taken from their homes to the to the like building site and back, right? So like I've heard that. So they literally have no freedom. But so when I see like these people who are like out and about and they're enjoying their time and they're with like a massive group of their friends. I'm like, that's good. That means like they're working and then they have like their social life. So mm-hmm. like it's hard to gauge because like I don't want to sit here on like my soapbox and be like, yeah, this is how it is because I also don't see most of it. Like a lot of the things that do happen in Dubai are sort of uncovered. Like I can go into a whole like expose about like the secrets of Dubai that you might not know about. 
um, which I, I'm sure that sounds like about. a lovely teaser. We're going to play some music first. This is some music on tracks from abroad from the United Arab Emirates. We're here with Yusuf. When we get back, he's going to share. What are you going to share? Some secret underground Dubai <laughs> <laughs> stories. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned for that. Tracks from abroad. We'll see you soon. مجد الوطن واسم الوطن على سموك يعتمد يا المعتمد على الواحد الرحمن والفرد الودود نبض الوطن قلب الوطن انت لنا روح وجسد هو خالد وحبك سطا في قلوبنا ما له حدود مجد الوطن واسم الوطن على سموك يعتمد يا المعتمد على الواحد الرحمن والفرد الودود نبض الوطن قلب الوطن انت اهلنا روح وجسد وخالد وحبك صقع في قلوبنا
محمد يا دخارنا والسنة Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad. My name is Jesse McDougall. We are talking about the United Arab Emirates with a very exuberant guest across from me. This is Yusuf. Yusuf, in the break, we um, we were talking about you know what should we say in the next uh, in the next discussion, and uh, we actually really got into it. So we paused and we wanted to bring it on the <laughs> yeah, air because yeah. we we're having an interesting conversation. It had to do with social media, with police, and with critis- criticizing folks. How you criticize someone or how you don't criticize someone. Um, well, you mentioned about an article that you saw about uh, an Australian man, uh, like an they call them expatriates, but that's too fancy because, like in Dubai, we have expats and you got the citizens. So the expats are everyone like me. So I'd go there. I'm a Dershan. I'm not like Emirati. Even my brother, he was born there. You don't become a citizen. Like it's not like here. So because my parents are part of the medical field, I have a golden visa, which means I got a visa for ten years, which means I can go back and forth to UAE for ten years, no problem. Most people have a visa for the last one year. You have to, go to renew it every year. That's how it works. So, so you have this gold visa. You don't want to lose it, but here you are on a radio show. I guess so. Why are but those like, things in conflict? Yeah, I mean, I still like love the country, and like I like. If I'm being honest, I'll sing its praises. I like. I think that's the best city in the world. You know. But this Australian man was an expat who swore on WhatsApp or on Facebook, was it? That's right. Here's the headline is yeah. Australian expatriate was deported for swearing swearing on Facebook. I assume he was like swearing, um, maybe like commenting on like a post that a lot of people would see and someone could report him. Because mm-hmm. if you get reported, then the government, they can take action. But I know that personally within my own groups, like with my like friends and whatnot on our group chats, like we would swear. Like, 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 I mean, that's what they would do. Like, some of the things that my friends have said, both male and female, would probably get you arrested even in Canada. So, like, but, like, it's not like the government is there down your throat looking at every little thing. Okay. But at the same time, you should be careful about what you say about the government. Like, in Canada, for example, you could go out into the streets and you could protest and you can, I don't know, if you see, a pol- like, a policeman you can You can have bad. a flag that says F. Trudeau, for example, who yeah, happens to be yeah. the most powerful person in Canada. Exactly. You could do that. And there's nothing the government will do about that. But if you even think about doing that in the UAE, that's not your right. I guess part of it comes down to the fact that... Um, uh, it's like their country and it's like their morals. But another big part of it is the fact that technically you're not a citizen. So why should you have the right to sort of talk about that country? And I guess like they sort of want to maintain respect. I think another part of it is a bit of like Dubai's image. You know, like if people keep saying things to the public, then um, like for the most part, as long as I know, there's not much like terrible stuff going on over there. 
But then again, that's the whole point of this whole thing, to keep it on the down low, sure. to keep Dubai's image yeah. to the public correct. Well, there's been a big trend in the United States, where I'm from, about filming police, making sure that... Um, they're in check, yeah. Yeah, that they're in check, that um, if something were to... You know, even if they're not necessarily being egregious in their... Um, in their actions that you should have the right to film them regardless of what they're doing. If you were to film police. Yeah, that, that doesn't happen. Like, like, like here, um, like, let me tell you an interesting story. Sure. So one time my friend, he was out with some of his friends and he decided to steal a traffic cone from some random mall. It was outside. So, and then a couple of days later, I wasn't there, but a couple of, like, like weeks later, I decided to join them at the same mall to, um, have some dinner and then um, w before we could leave the mall, we get stopped by the security. The security recognized my friend, pulled them up on the security cameras, and they were like, hey, uh, you can't leave. We're, we, we've called the police. Like, like I said about the laborers earlier on, is like they want to do their job and they want to do it right. So like the security there, they didn't want to yeah. let anything go. They were yeah, like, no, yeah. you have to bring back this traffic cone. It is yeah, life yeah. or death. We're calling the police. I wasn't even part of it, but like, like we had to stay. Yeah. So and then the police arrives, and I realized the police in Dubai, they are kind and they are generous, but they are also... Like, like they are aware of their sort of role in society, which is like to keep, to protect their country. You know what I mean? From expats. Because they'll mm -hmm. like, I guess they'll drink and they'll do, and I guess all, like other regular crimes, robbery, theft, like whatever, murder. We, <laughs> we, we, love, man, we love all that stuff in the West. You, you don't take my murder away from me <laughs> easily. There's going to be a fight. There's going to be a, I guess so. There's going to be a murder. Yeah, so so when the police came, he started speaking to some of us in Arabic because the the securities didn't understand Arabic, and he was like, "Look, guys, listen, this is this is a really dumb reason why I've been brought here, but like they obviously have a job to do." And like he was almost like he was lecturing us. He seemed to care about us. Like he was like, "What would your parents think? Like, is this really like like what you should be doing?" This guy, he like we're waiting there for like maybe like an hour or so before he arrives, and he comes this massive sort of truck. Like like the UAE has their own like sort of like truck brand, and he comes massive truck with all these like lights and like fancy sensors, and we we don't know what to do. Yeah. Because like Dubai and like the, the Dubai police is sort of like a massive authoritative like 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 figure in the UAE. Like you don't mess with them. He actually drove them home. Yeah. Like he drove them home and he dropped them off and like. I think I heard a story that he switched off his lights so like one of my friend's parents like wouldn't see the lights as they were coming in, which is yeah, kind of nice. Yeah. Well, Yusuf, we've really um, dispelled, I think, a lot of assumptions. Thank you for those stories about the police and all that. We're going to take another music break. We're going to be back one more time right here on Tracks from Abroad. We are talking about the United Arab Emirates. So what should we do? How should we end this? Because this is, this is fun. في حاجة لمثلك من سنين 
Check, check, one, two. Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad. You're listening to CIUT 89.5 FM in the place to be. We're talking with Yusuf about the United Arab Emirates. Yusuf, we've been talking about uh, about this country, the pros and the cons, but we want to end on a positive note. You clearly, I mean, you've already said Dubai is the best city in the world. Why do you like Dubai so much? 
So where do I start? Like, first of all, I feel like Dubai is very, believe it or not, progressive and modern. Like they always are looking like one of their biggest, like sort of themes I'd say is like innovation and like, like, like thinking new and like sort of reaching out into the future, which I don't really see in other countries. In other countries, they're always worrying about other problems. Like, like when's the next, I don't know, like Halloween or like, I don't know. Like, what, what, like <laughs> is like, that a problem? I don't know. Like, like, oh what? God, Halloween's coming up. No, like, it's like, oh, like, what my Halloween... Actually, no, like, I think I'm being dumb. Wait, let, 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 let <laughs> no, it's just a that. funny example. Let me rephrase that. But, um... First of all, Dubai has been able to sort of build its country from the ground up in the new modern age. Like, they, they're, the UAE was founded in 1971. They've been able to sort of develop, like, almost like, imagine if you can start your city from scratch. What would you do? And mm. that's basically where they started. Mm -hmm. So, um, their metro runs, like, like, I think, alongside the highway. So wherever the highway can take you, the metro can take you. And the highway sort of acts as like the spine of the country mm -hmm. as a whole. As to some of the big projects, I know the Burj Khalifa is the largest building in the entire world is in Dubai. Not to mention this sort of pine cone shaped thing. With That is actually, it's built by a company called Nakhil. So in Dubai, I think there are three main developers. One's called Nakhil, one's called Ammar, one's called... Damak and they literally work on building everything. It's like it's almost like an oligopoly in my opinion. But like so, hmm. they've almost like reclaimed land and they've made something in the shape of a palm tree, and on it they have like a lot of residences and a lot of um, like hotels and entertainment areas with just like like walks and um, and I think they're supposed to be finishing. And also I don't know if you heard, but they're planning to extend this whole like reclaiming land thing. So they're building the world islands. So they're building the islands in the shape of like the world map and each really? of like the places have like a certain place linked to that. So That's nice. I think they started with Finland has like a massive, like sort of like Viking, like resort thing with like, like, <laughs> I uh, love it. I'm sure like this is bound to happen, but I'm sure they're going to do all the stereotypes for every country. Finland yeah. has, has the, uh, no, but it's insane. It's, I think it's like, a, I don't know if it's a resort like or a mansion, but they have like, even like a snow room downstairs. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> Sorry. Snow in Dubai is just Oh, snow baffling. in Dubai? No, nah, like they There's like snow in Dubai? In one of our malls, we have an uh a ski ski resort. It's so sick and I think they're thinking to build another one. I actually learned how to snowboard in Dubai. Really? Like, believe it or not. You know, I saw that photo. <laughs> You're holding a Canadian flag. Was that in Dubai? In yeah, the indoor? That oh, was, tell me about that photo. So in the summer, obviously it's like 40 degrees outside, so you don't want to be outside. But there's also, you can get a, like uh, a summer like wide pass for two months to just go to ski Dubai. So mm. you literally go like from neg like from positive 40 degrees yeah. to like negative 10 degrees. I feel like people might faint, maybe leaving the building. People love, the best thing about Dubai, it's diversity. Like my friend group was not, two, two people did not have the same nationality. I had a friend that was British, Filipino. I was Egyptian Canadian. I had a friend that was Scottish, Hungarian, Russian, Sudanese, Kazakh, Palestinian, and the list just goes on. It's yeah. so international and I love it. Because nice. like I get nice. to find out about the world and I get to learn about the world. And like obviously with international people comes international cuisines to deal with that people. So That's right. every time I meet someone here international, I have most likely tasted their food or, or met someone of the nationality. Um, a big sort of like theme of that recently has been Iranian people, interestingly. I don't know why, I've been meeting a lot of Iranian people like recently and this year I actually like fully discovered Iranian food and it was insane. So nice. here, I use that as a Sprinkle on some sumac. Yeah, you know sumac. Yeah. That's crazy, that's my favorite. There's actually a restaurant called um, Sumac down on Dundas. I think I've passed by it. Yeah. I actually want to try it. But yeah, so like, 
it really gives you that sort of diversity that you can that I've never seen it anywhere else. And that exists here in Toronto. For me, and maybe it's less so or something like that. But for me, I see that same diversity walking around campus. Yeah, of course. Especially like I'm surprised about how diverse UFT is. Especially, um, it's sort of a good thing. But also like so like I came here with the expectation I'm like oh yeah it's, it's gonna be like just like coming home yeah then I came here and I'm like I have no idea where the hell I am and mm-hmm. who the hell these people are and I there's like no one that I can relate to because everyone's international which is kind of crazy but I guess it's like it's good like character building you know um, you do like to talk <laughs> I do I told you, right? <laughs> you're good at it I'm so glad that we had Yusuf on tracks from abroad I had the sense from the very moment that I saw the guy coming up to my table. Um, at the club's fair that we should do a show and we did do a great show Yusuf thanks so much for coming on tracks from abroad no, and talking thank you about for having me I've been so like looking forward to doing this actually
You are listening to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougall, and you just heard the song Tell the Night coming from the Sultans of String Band and their recent album release, Sanctuary. Now, that song featured the vocals of Lean Hamo. She has previously been on Tracks from Abroad for a show about Lebanon and Syria, along with her own group, Kazdura. And you can win that song along with, you know, we're going to throw in all the songs. You can win the whole album for free, sent to your door, courtesy of the Sultans of String Band. This is a giveaway for two CDs we're doing on Tracks From Abroad. All you've got to do is send us an email at tracksfromabroad at ciut.fm. You're going to be entered to win that CD for free, sent to your home. Uh, There will be two winners decided in the next two weeks, so please send me an email. Today, of course, we're doing a show on the United Arab Emirates. We spoke to Yusuf, who was a wonderful guest. I'm so glad that I got to have him on the show. Thank you, Yusuf. And for the remainder of the show, we're going to play some more tracks from that album, Sanctuary. Again, you can win it in a giveaway right here on Tracks From Abroad. Just email me at tracksfromabroad at ciut.fm. And I hope you'll enjoy this next track coming right off that album, Sanctuary, by the Sultans of String. Thank you. 
Tracks from abroad. Tracks from abroad. Tracks from abroad. Tracks from abroad.
This is Tracks from Abroad, and you just heard Hurricane off the album Sanctuary, performed by the Sultans of String Band. They are locals here in Toronto, and they are performing on November 4th as part of the Canadian Arabic Festival. They're a Juno-nominated band, and you can learn more information about their performance at Sultans of Swing on Instagram. And of course, you can win the album itself, a physical CD sent right to your home. Just enter... Uh, to enter, rather, you send an email to tracksfromabroad at ciut.fm. Uh, we're going to have two winners decided by random drawing. And this is the first on-air giveaway that I've done. I'd like to really get at least one submission. Um, all you've got to do, again, tracksfromabroad at ciut.fm. And if you win, we will send that right over to you. Now, given that we have done 50 episodes on Tracks from Abroad, we really have shows from all over the world. We've done Mexico three times, Lebanon twice, um, Brazil we have done twice, and uh, always up for suggestions uh, as well. If you want to email us or, or visit us at tfa.radio on Instagram, we'd love to hear any suggestions you have. And as well, um, going the other direction, if you'd like a recommendation on a show to listen to, um, feel free to, to uh, ask me or visit Spotify or Mixcloud where you can find our shows. Now, I also want to mention one source of inspiration for me as I've made tracks from abroad has been a certain Instagram profile, Instagram channel. It's called Dust to Digital. And uh, it's, it's incredible. The effort they put into it is really impressive. It's essentially different clips from around the world, folks playing instruments that you've never seen before. And each video has really an authentic feel. So I'm going to play a clip from Dust to Digital, and uh, I'll explain afterwards where some of this music comes from. Those are some sounds from Brazil, Thailand, the USA, and elsewhere on the Instagram account dust to digital I highly suggest you follow them for some international music. And thank you for listening to our international music for the last 50 episodes. This is Tracks from Abroad. We are not going anywhere. You can follow us on tfa.radio on Instagram, and we'll see you next week.